hello. Welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Steve Hahn, Tim Lester, oh. and Steve Reinhardt. Hi, everybody. How you guys doing? Good. All right, we'll get right into it. Um, oh, so, hey, Noah. Noah, yeah. real quick. You yeah. said that some folks in Latvia were enjoying the podcast. Just want to give a shout out to them. Oh, yes, uh, yes. I, I, uh, yeah. I got to spend some time in Latvia at Riga uh, a few years back. It was, it was awesome. I just oh, really cool. enjoyed Latvia. Just Riga's a beautiful city and just met some really nice folks. And so thanks for listening, guys. We love you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for listening. And thank you for everyone who's been uh, sending me in feedback. So it's it's fun to hear from everybody around the world. Absolutely. All right, so we'll get into the topic. Um, Steve Hahn is the one that brought this topic up. And it's, uh, I don't think he came up with it, right, Steve Hahn? You really, you've... Uh, yeah, it's something I struggled with. You struggle with, yes. Okay, right. so... <laughs> Let me let me say the title of the podcast, and then you and then you can go ahead and start. So uh, I know God loves me, but does He like me? Exactly. All right. I want to hear your opinion or thoughts on that. Well, it's an interesting question because I know in my personal experience for many years, I couldn't acknowledge the fact that God could possibly like me. I mean, I'm a mess, right? I, you know, all the things that I've done wrong, you know, how I've screwed up and, and, and just with my really self-hatred anyway, it was, how could, I don't even like myself. How could God like me? Mm. And so it, it's kind of tough, but I, I know God loves me, right? I know he loves me. Yeah. And, but for me, it was almost like, you know, when you're, when you're young and your parents are telling you, oh yeah, you're smart. And oh yeah, you know, you're good looking and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't believe it, you know, because they have to tell you that yeah, because you know, that. your yep. parents. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, sure. Right. And it's yeah. Right. God loves me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just kind of this almost theological, you know, uh, recognition that God loves me because he has to love me. God has to love me. So, uh, but I did struggle with, you know, how does he love me? And, uh, you know, is he loving me out of duty or obligation? Mm. You know, or is he loving me because he really wants to? And uh, and because there's a difference. Yeah. And, and I think that it goes, you know, the door swings both ways. We can ask the question, well, you say you love God, but do you like God? Do you like God? And do you love God because you have to out of duty or obligation? Or do you love him because you want to? And it's just something that, you know, you just really want to do. I just want to love God. And so uh, it's interesting. And, you know, in my parent example, the problem with it is that, you know, God is not your parents. And I guess maybe that's not a problem. That's a good thing. But when God says he loves us, he really means it uh, because he wants to love us, not because he has to love us. I mean, he's entirely self-sufficient. He doesn't need anybody or anything, which is really an incredible thing. But if you take that into that context and think that God loves me, it's because he wants to love me. Mm. 
and chooses to have a relationship with his creation, which is really a, be a beautiful thing. And he doesn't do it out of duty or obligation, but because he wants to. And so going back to the parent example, I, I mean, I mean, think all of us are parents here. Uh, I know that, you know, in raising my kids and I really love my kids. Uh, they just, I just do. Uh, but that doesn't mean I've always liked them. <clears throat> and I can tell you that my kids love me, but that doesn't mean they've always liked me either. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, Tim and I were kind of talking beforehand and just how Tim brought up a really good point in that there's always this undercurrent of love with God. That's the baseline. And it's not because he has to, it's because he wants to. He wants to love us. And regardless of what we do, if we're his children, he is going to work to bring us back. And it's really a beautiful thing. And so he may not always like me. And, and, and maybe we need to define that. What does it mean by being liked? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you just look at a, a synonym, go to a thesaurus and look at synonym for like, uh, it's enjoy. You know, mm. God wants to enjoy us and he does enjoy us. And I want to enjoy God. And uh, it's something to look forward to, really. It's just being able to enjoy God. And not only that, to have him enjoy me. And so, you know, my conclusion over the, you know, the decades that I've known Jesus and God and, and struggled with this question is that he does like me and he does enjoy me and he wants to enjoy me, but it comes down to an issue of fellowship. And I'll stop there and we can, you know, maybe talk about that and other things that you, that may, the Lord may bring to mind for you guys. Yeah. Has anyone else had that same thought or feeling as Steve Hahn has? Have you guys ever thought about if God liked you or? Yeah, yeah I, thought, I, thought, I thought about it. I always wondered if God liked Steve too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a pretty common thought um, and a good question. And so Steve, so Steve if, um, if uh, in like is, if God liking me is enjoying me, then you know, the thought that popped into my mind, crazy mind that I have is, uh, oh, what if, what do I got to do to get him to like me? I better get, I better get, I better get my stuff together to get him to like hey, you better me. Get busy. Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. What do I got to do to get him to like me? Well, what do you think? What do you think you need to do? Um, what I, I don't, I don't think I have to do anything actually. I, like you said, he, uh, and my belief today anyway is he likes me uh he's because i'm i mean he created me you know it's like i um i i've got a lot of cool stuff in my house because i collect things wherever i go they don't mean anything to anybody else if you came into my house you'd go like what's all this junk you know like why there's a captain hook hook that i got from india is like oh my gosh who's got a captain hook hook and then I was in South Dakota and I found a narwhal tusk. It's a fake narwhal tusk, but it's still a narwhal tusk. It's really cool. And I haven't made any of that stuff, but I got a couple things that I've made and I just enjoy them. I enjoy them. You, you would look at them and think, oh my gosh, Steve's got a pile of junk here in his house. But I look at them 
when I die, they're going in the trash. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I look at them and it just brings me joy uh, to hold the Captain Hook hook in my hand. It feels so cool. And to look at that narwhal tusk and imagine, oh my gosh, there's a whale that's just this big, that's got this big, you know, like eight foot long tooth sticking out of its forehead. And, and I just love that stuff. And I think of that in, in terms of things that I've made, just uh, some things around my house uh, or a canoe that I made. And I think, I, you know, I've got affection for those things, not because uh, there's, they're super valuable, mm-hmm. any intrinsic valuable, but because I've got a relationship with them. I like them. I enjoy They bring joy to me. So I guess my answer to that question is uh, I don't have to do anything other than just be the flawed guy that God made and he and uh i guess that'd be my answer i don't have to do anything it's kind of a it's kind of a bogus question that my mind ran to i just i just gotta i just gotta be me and enjoy him and him enjoy him being him and me being me so i guess that's a long-winded answer to say nothing (laughs) well I, i liked it steve because you're you got to challenge a thought that maybe you would have normally just ran with but it's you know you get to say it out loud and say what you actually believe I thought that was really cool yeah yeah well I have two thoughts uh the first one is this is the first thing when you were talking Steve Hahn and continued when you were talking Steve Reinhardt um um and these two thoughts might sound like they're like opposite each other but in my mind they're not at all um uh, and I'll admit this is fueled by what I've got to watch in my kids. Um, I have, I have six kids and as I've watched them, um, right now, a couple of them aren't in such a great place Four of them in a lot better place. Um, and both in life and with the Lord. And, uh, uh, as I'm watching them, uh, one of the things that I have learned to like about them and I know this is going to sound totally warped. I, one of the things I've learned to like about them is watching them when they have just completely crashed miserably. Now, I don't like that they crash. That's not my point. But when they really failed miserably, I, I've really liked watching as they, not so much that they are struggling, but as they struggled, how they've come to some to a, to a place of maturity, uh, in their life. And, and they're, they're, uh, you get what I'm saying? In other words, they're growing up, they're maturing, they're, 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 they're discovering things that probably I lectured them about somewhere along the line and it was boring and they didn't get it. Uh, but I really, one of the things I've, I feel weird about saying it because it seems sort of, the opposite of what I ought to be saying, but that I've actually, I like seeing them when they struggle, even though I hate when they struggle, I've liked seeing what happens in the dynamic of that. Uh, And I, you know, I've just got to wonder, so this is just my thinking about what's been said so far. I've just got to wonder, and I'm just, I'm just a human dad. And, Mm -hmm. and I 
like that in them. In other words, fortunately, I'm grateful that by the time they started making some of the bigger struggles and having some of the bigger struggles in their life, I kind of got that that's not the end all, you know, just because they were screwing up didn't, you know, didn't necessarily, didn't define them necessarily. And it didn't, didn't, uh, anyway, my point being is just that if as a human father, I can look at my kids and really like the process or the, the journey or whatever you want to call it, um, of, of seeing them grow up and mature. I really enjoy watching them go there. And I'm not saying my kids are perfect and I'm not saying they get it all the time. It's not even my point. It's just one of the things I like about them is seeing them fail and, and uh, walk, walk through that and work through that. I don't enjoy seeing my kids suffer, nor do I think God enjoys seeing us suffer when we choose but just I, I, I so my first thought is, is I think I would say that God having far more knowledge than I do as a as a as our heavenly father has the ability to look at us and really enjoy uh, what's happening as he is act, actively involved in my failure. So so for me, that's encouraging because I think and I'm not trying to be sappy here. I'm just saying I think yeah. God really likes to see what happens and that failure doesn't doesn't keep him from working and it doesn't keep them uh, keep me from uh from returning back again and again and again and i think he likes that not because he's some egomaniac he just loves seeing us grow up so so that's kind of, i mean that's not all there is to like about about us but i that's one of the things that i really that would be my first thought about it. The second thought about it, I'd say is this, is it, and this is not directly to the, does God like me thought it, it is, but in, in the back door, uh, in the scriptures, uh, God was dealing with Israel at one point and they'd completely gone off the rails. He says, I'm not going to forgive you guys anymore. You can repent. I don't care if you repent. I'm done with you. Um, clearly he was angry with them. Clearly, mm -hmm. uh, but it did not steep in. He finally ends up saying they end up repenting. The prophet of God says, look, we're going to repent. Even if God says it doesn't matter if we repent. And so he calls the people repentance. They repent. And God says, I'm not a man. I'm God. My my passionate love for you, my desire for you as as my kids uh, has overridden whatever it appears to even it, I, I like to put it this way. And if somebody thinks this is theologically incorrect, well, just put it on the list of things that I say that's wrong. Yeah. But it's almost like God's compassion was stronger than his anger. Mm. And and it, and it wooed him to go. Uh, yes, I love it. Thank you for waking up. And so. Do I believe that God can get angry at the things we do? Yep. I don't think it stops his love. And to be honest with you, if I'm right about the first thing I said, I think the fact that he likes what happens when in the middle of all that, because of his work in us, we get to grow up and the relationship between he and I gets better. I think he likes to see that happen. I'm not saying he's saying, oh, yeah, you did something stupid. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, 
oh yeah, you did something stupid. And by the way, I really like what's happening and uh, in, in you becoming mature as you're working through this and you're struggling against me and right, struggling with me and all of that. Uh, I think, I think God likes all that. Mm. And which means translates for me, he doesn't stop loving me, period. And ultimately, even in my failure, he's liking me. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I follow up with that, Tim? Oh, sure. As you were talking, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, you, because we think in our human mind, I think sometimes I think that, well, you know, God can't love me and feel angry. He can't like me and feel angry at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Tim, do you like my grandson? Do I like your grandson? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I know your grandson. Exactly. Have you ever been mad at my grandson? No. Yeah. So you're like you're never angry with my grandson, but you don't you don't have a relationship with him, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, but I do have an, uh, a relationship with him, and. I love him. I like him. I can watch him out on the basketball court, just running back and forth, being a 12-year-old kid, uh, you know, miss, shooting three-pointers that there's, you know, Michael Jordan couldn't make. And he's like, and I just love, love that. And at the same time, sometimes I feel angry. And I think in our human way of looking at things, we don't think those two things can ever go together, mm-hmm. that I like him, that I really like him. But sometimes I feel angry and, uh, you know, so like for me, I'm learning, you know, that that's how I operate, uh, that anger, anger, you know, it actually, I think the root of anger is what's that love, love, love. You're not angry with my grandson because you don't, you don't even have a relationship with him. Yeah. Right. So I I think the basis, the foundation of anger uh, is love and you don't, I don't get angry or care about things that I don't care about. I have a passion uh, mm-hmm. when I'm angry. And so um, I, I think that would be kind of the bottom line for God. And my battery's dying on my computer here. So you might see me disappear. <laughs> well, glad you got that in before. That was a really, really cool point. Really appreciate yeah, it. That was good. Thanks. Very good point. Very good point. You know, and so, but that brings to mind for me, you know, the problem of sin. And so I'm sure you guys have heard it, you know, well, God can't have sin in his presence and blah, blah, blah. Well, if that was the case, we'd all just be destroyed immediately mm-hmm. uh, because we're sinful and we're in his presence constantly. We can't get away from it. Yeah. You know, people say, I wish I, I want to be closer to the Lord. It's like, well, what are you talking about? We, you know, there's nowhere you can go and get away from it. That's what right. they're talking about is their emotional relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's interesting that, you know, we do sin and, and sin is a real issue. I mean, it's not a good thing, but it's something that, you know, it's missing the mark, right? Meaning that I guess I like to think of it as when I sin, I'm not doing what's best for me or for others. Uh, you know, based on my authority, which is God. And I like to think that he knows what he's talking about. And so uh, when I do sin, well, first John, you know, one, 
you know, that whole chapter and it ends up in nine and 10. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But the, but the whole idea before that is that we have fellowship with God. And if we do sin, we can be restored to that fellowship. And, 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 and let me put it in this context of Galatians, or excuse me, Ephesians 6, where Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. For it is the first commandment with a promise. And what's the promise? That it may be well with you that you may live long on the earth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, that's kind of the way I look at it, is that when I sin, I'm doing things that, you know, aren't going to be good for me, and it won't be well with me. And so God does probably get mad in the context of what Steve said. It's because he loves me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's like when your kid runs out in the street, right? You get mad at him because it's, you know, you're going to kill yourself. What are you doing? And so even though it may come across as harsh, it's love. And, you know, and God's probably not even that harsh, really, when you get down to it, but uh, he wants it to be well with me. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. He Mm -hmm. wants it to be well with me. And I want it to be well with me. And so, I want to keep that relationship. I don't want to break the relationship like we can, you know, amongst ourselves. And so, uh, you know, that's what I think of when we think of the sin issue. But what do you guys think? Before my battery dies, I want to say, I think it's another goofy thought like I had. uh, That we would like to think that our sin separates us from God, right? We'd like to be able to think we have that, we're that powerful. Uh, that we actually damage our relationship with him beyond repair when he's done everything to make it a relationship. And so I think this in questions, uh, we've, you know, bottom line for me is it's complete. It's either complete or it's not complete. Either Jesus dealt with the sin, com- sin question exactly. once and for all, or we better get off our butts and get work and figure out and save Amen. and save our save ourselves and be responsible for creating the whole relationship ourselves. Uh, so he is it for me then I'm kind of black or white thinking either my savior and for my relationship with him my walk with him my strength my kids my relationship with you guys he's either he's either my savior and my and all of it or I got to get doing be responsible for all of that myself and and I'm too tired and old and i don't i've i've done that already and for me it didn't didn't work now other people might find that helpful but i but for me i would say you know like this that's that's another one of those i'm just going to call a bogus question since like since never the issue anymore it's not it's like absolutely not the question it doesn't affect my relationship with him i've seen him pursue me and and I feel closer to him. I am not closer, but I feel closer mm, just being a flawed human being. So I don't think that's the issue. I think we're going to lose Steve if we haven't already. Yep. Yeah. But no, I think he, I think he answered. I don't know. And yeah, like he said, I, I think if you, you can try the other way, you know, 
God allows you to try the other way if you want. But well, I, and I would agree with him. I mean, either Jesus died on the cross for all sins or he didn't. You know, and that's where we got to get down to is like, do we believe that he actually died for all sins? Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those classic traps we all get into is like, well, I keep doing the same sin. So maybe he's tired of it. And now he's, <laughs> no, it's been taken care of all of it. It's already been dealt with. But Tim, what do you think? Yeah, well, I was just sitting here thinking, listen to Steve and what you said and I uh, was talking to a fella just the other day and uh, this topic came up in another context, but uh, sin. And uh, um, I asked the fella, because he, he was making a pretty big deal that, uh, listen, it's on me to make this thing right, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think in the book of Romans, chapter three, verse 23 is actually where it is. I can't even believe I remember that. He says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I said, why do you think he gave that command and who did he give it to? Well, he immediately spoke up and he says, oh, he gave the command to all the people in the world that are sinners because he wanted to wake them up. And I said, well, there's only one problem. The book of Romans was written to the church at Rome. (laughs) (laughs) So he was talking to people who were Christ followers. That's right. And then a greater context, it's certainly okay to say that anyone who sins the wages of sin is death or the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But he was writing to the church at Rome when he said that. And so I just simply asked the guy, so if he was writing to believers, what was he trying to say to them? Because these are saved people. These are people that have accepted Christ Jesus. And Noah, to your point, and, and Steve uh, Reinhardt's point, they, they have experienced the complete forgiveness, complete forgiveness of Christ once and for all. So, so then why in the world would he be warning them if he's in other places, because Paul had said, you have everything you need in Christ Jesus. You were forgiven. Jesus died once for all sin and so on. And he says, well, I'm not really sure. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Could it possibly be? And I said, this is not the only thing it is, but it could it be possibly be that there were a bunch of people who were a part of the body of Christ who were believers, who had experienced this amazing relationship with Jesus, that he'd forgiven them so much. And they were choosing something that was making their life significantly worse as believers because they can't enjoy sin anymore. And and he's saying, look, you don't have to be living like that. Why, Why would you choose something that brings death into your life when when you're forgiven? And all your sins been dealt with. So why would you keep choosing something that what what if he's saying that and it has nothing to do with this whole thing you're talking about? And he said, Well, that's just not right. And, <laughs> and I said, it's my point to him was look, out of compassion through the apostle Paul, God warned believers, you don't have to choose this anymore. To your point, Noah, you do have a choice. Mm-hmm. But if you do choose it. By the way, you're inviting death, not e- not eternal death, going to go to hell. 
but you're indi- inviting death into your life experience right now. And who wants that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I love that. I love that because you're exactly right. It's it's an issue of life or death is what it is. What, what do you want? What are you choosing? Yeah. And then God doesn't like it when we choose death. <laughs> he doesn't like that. He's a good father. Yeah. No, and he yeah. wants us to choose life. And the reason he doesn't like it when we choose death is because he really likes us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. I love that. That's so true. And and you know, I you know, I don't want to be critical of a lot of preachers and stuff like that, but I just only can speak from my personal experience. You know, the first few decades of my Christian experience, all I heard was that I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Jesus loves you, but did I tell you? that you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, I know that. How do I not be a sinner? And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's through my relationship. It's not through doing, it's not through a program. It's not through a method. Mm-hmm. It's through my relationship with Jesus Christ. The sin issue, as far as he's concerned, has been taken care of. And now my eyes have been opened to him. And I can enjoy him mm. and he can enjoy me. And it's a beautiful thing. And yes, I sin, but I don't dwell on it. And I don't, you know, I don't camp out there because I don't want to. And it, yeah. you know, it, it, and it doesn't mean through the years I haven't done the same sin over. I have, yeah. you know, but, but again, it's dealt with. And, mm. and I think a lot of Christians really struggle with that concept that, the legal aspect of my sin before God has been dealt with. It's done. Yeah. And so God can enjoy me and he does enjoy me and love me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, well, it's wonderful. Yeah. And I think a lot of Christians deal with it because you go to church and you hear that. Yeah. And then you go home and go, well, that can't be true. What God's saying in the Bible here that pastor told me I'm still a sinner. Right. You know, so I think we do struggle with that. If you guys don't mind, may I share a brief story? Sure. Please do. And I think it's a good illustration uh, of, of the way God sees us. I'm not saying this is, I think it's supported by scripture, but this idea I think will give a good visual. I, good. But, I just want to do a quick time check. It's about 30 yeah. minutes into this. So, Okay, two-minute story. So at 15 and a half, I decided I was king of the world and I knew all things. And uh, I decided that my dad needed to know that. And so from 15 and a half, I made his life completely miserable. And so uh, it was not long after that that I was um, encouraged to go do life (laughs) uh, for myself. Uh But it was really interesting about six months before I left, my dad would set me down every few minutes uh, or for a few minutes. And he'd say, yeah, it's true. I don't that this is I don't agree with how you're doing this. And I don't agree with how you're doing this. And I agree with how you're doing this. But I've already talked to you about that. I want to talk to you about the things that I see in you that I am excited to see what the fruit of that's going to be. Now, I'm going to tell you, it took a lot for him to do that. 
because while it was true, the things he was telling me about that were strong and good, he could have gone another 30 or 45 minutes about how those things had gotten me in trouble. Mm. And not that he never spoke the truth to me about how I went off the track, but the last six months, even though we were continuing to fight all the way through until 18, um, he, he was very intentional about saying, you know what? I don't like that thing over there you're doing, but I'm telling you, you're going to end well. And this thing right here that you do, I want you to keep doing that because that's one of the things in you that is amazing. And he even talked to me some about the ways that he saw that I was allowing Christ to influence my life. Now, I've got to tell you that most days when uh, he got done with those conversations, this is what I said to myself. Well, I knew all that. I, I really am that good. <laughs> because I <laughs> And, but my dad, in spite of the stupidity and the failure that was in my life and the bloody bodies I left laying around because it was all about me, he, he saw through all of that and said, look, I want you to count on this and this and this. And oh, by the way, when that fails and you realize that fails, if it doesn't ever fail, come back and tell me. But if it fails, I want you to realize that that's really good because here's what's going to happen as a result of you realize you woke up. And the last thing he said to me, if if the things I've told you that are not going to serve you well, indeed don't serve you well, I don't expect you to come back and tell me I was right. I just want you to fall on your knees before God and say, thank you that you gave me the wisdom to see what my failure, what my failure is and all that in now, Lord, show me all that you want me to do in light of that and all that you've done to bring me to an awareness of this. Well, it, I was just sitting here listening to everybody talking, Steve Reinhardt, Steve Hahn, Denton, uh, Noah. And I'm just talking to you, isn't that exactly what God does to us? Mm -hmm. I mean, he comes, no, you talk all the time, invite Jesus in, invite Jesus in. I can just hear him saying, look, this is not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose this, but this is not going to go well. Yeah. And oh, by the way, when you wake up, don't beat yourself up over it. Mm -hmm. Be grateful that you now see it. Yeah. And move with me. Yeah. And how could a God that approaches me like that, even in the middle of my failure, not like me? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's a great story. Yeah, I love it. Great. Your dad was very wise. Yes, he was. And honestly, I didn't think, I thought I squeezed all that wisdom out of him, but he still. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's just a beautiful relationship, and and because and mm -hmm. that's what it is—a relationship, yeah, it is, yeah. moment by moment relationship. And you know, we we just basically make these these weird concepts of God and how you know He's so different. And I don't want to be irreverent, you know, because God is God. You know, mm -hmm. He's not me. He's God. He's the I am. I'm the I am not. You know, mm -hmm. as we've said before, but uh, he just likes me and I like it that he likes me and I want to like him and I do like him. And 
getting caught up in rules and regulations. And I mean, there's a reason for them. And as we've talked before, basically, it's so that uh, we can learn to choose life. Yep. Yeah. Well, piece of evidence of what you just said, I'm thinking back to what Steve was saying when he asked me, did I like his grandson and all that? Yeah. <laughs> when he was talking through all that, it suddenly occurred to me, do you know, I don't even get people I don't like the time of day. Mm. Now, sometimes the Lord prompts me and I'll go ahead and do it when I yield. Right. And I yield. Yeah. But the truth is, even people that annoy me, when I actually like them, I'll put up with a whole bunch of stuff in them. Mm. And it's in spite of their faults and so on. Now, so what's your point? You're saying, Tim, that just proves you're messed up. human being i have the capability in certain little moments in time to act like the creator of this universe but here's the other thing he created us so he does like us so while i'm limited in what i do in that department he's not limited at all so to steve's point it's a mood issue because he just likes me (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah love it yeah Yeah. i mean the whole thing every i just listen to you guys talk i just keep thinking relationship 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 yeah and he enjoys it just as much as we do absolutely yeah probably more yeah probably more i really appreciate sharing about this yeah no that was good guys uh do you guys have anything else to share or we you guys good i'm right So basically we're saying God loves us and he also really likes us. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, no, you can expect to get a few notes about that and they are all are not all going to be patting you on the back. (laughs) Hey, I didn't do too much talking. So it's your guys this time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Comment away. Yeah. And that being said, I have to agree. Email me at noah at abidinglife.com. Suggestions on podcast, uh, your feelings on the podcast, anything. Just let us know. You know, if you're struggling, let us know and pray for you too. So, all right. Thanks again, guys. And we'll do another podcast soon. Thank you to the listeners. Thanks, Tim. Thank y'all. All right. Bye.